WHYY and BillyPenn.com. It is hitting season. I'm John Stolness from The Good Fight. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to recap this Phillies versus Dodgers series and figure out if it's time to make some declarations about this team now that we're here on June 11th. Also, we'll preview the upcoming series against the Diamondbacks out in Arizona. The Phillies going to a a, a real house of horrors for them. So we'll chat about all that stuff coming up here in the next few minutes. Joining me as they do all the time now is Justin Clue and Liz Rocher. Liz, of course, you know from Yahoo Sports. Follow her on Twitter at Liz Rocher. Liz, hello. Howdy. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great because the Phillies are doing great. Yeah, it's always it's isn't it weird that it does actually kind of make you feel a little bit better when they're winning? Just it's nice to look forward to thinking about them. Uh, instead of being like, <laughs> yes. no, I have to spend an hour talking about them and I have to tr- sound like I don't hate them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I can genuinely say they're a fun team to watch right now because I guess the calendar has flipped to June and here we are. Mm-hmm. Yes, for one week, for, for one and a half weeks now, they, they have been they have been pretty fun, largely fun. So, I mean, not for the whole month of June so far because, you know, they did have a nasty little losing streak at the beginning of the month. But uh, here we are now in the second week of, of June and they are playing a whole lot better. Justin Clue from Baseball Prospectus, of course, also the dirty inning and uh, absolutely hammered on the hit and see and Patreon. Follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Clue. Justin, what's up with you, buddy? How you feeling? I uh, just got to say, you know, we, we find heroes, I think, in every one of these games. But Liz and I touched on this briefly in the last episode. I just want to say up front here, Cody Clemens is a pretty all right guy to have in his role. Uh, he, he is. is you were got, iffy on it. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, I, 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 if I was iffy that I've come today, I came around a bit, but I've just seen too much stuff out of him this weekend. That's like, yeah, he's, he's a guy. He's the kind of guy that guys the way he guys, but like, he, uh, he's very guyish, very guyish guy right now. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Guy becomes more of guy. Uh, and he's had an opportunity here and you know, he's, he'll, he'll make us a diving snare of a line drive mm-hmm. or a, or a sliding stop going like, to stop a ball from getting in the corner and walk a game off for you or go one for four. But that one was at a good time. I don't know. He's just, uh, he's, he's, yeah. there's certainly our worst fourth string first baseman. You know what, you know what Cody Clemens is? Cody Clemens is what we thought Edmundo Sosa was going to be this year, you know, <laughs> and did for like a few weeks, maybe. Yeah. We were all there for a few weeks, and then it yeah. did not happen. I mean, Clemens doesn't play third base and shortstop like Sosa does, so Sosa obviously has that value. But in terms of being kind of the clutch player, the guy who makes a big play, the guy you know, who you can you know pull off the bench and have him start three, four times a week, I think that's kind of what we envisioned at Mundo Sosa being this year. And instead, it's really, it really has been Roger's son who has, who has been. And, you know, listen, my man comes in and throws scoreless relief in some of these blowouts, too. I mean, just contributions <laughs> across the board. What can he do? This guy is embodying every Phillies folk legend of the last 10 years in one person. I wish I could just, I, I wish there was a better Roger Clemens connection, though. He's just, it was so weird to see him throwing batting practice because you're like, you don't, yeah. we don't know you. Who are you? What are you doing you're, here? You're not on the wall of fame. You were never here before. So why are you here now? It doesn't make any sense. Roger Clemens at Citizens Bank Park, like the two. I wonder, did he ever make a start at Citizens Bank Park or, or the vet? Did he ever make a start in Philadelphia? He had to have, right? I'm thinking he had to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me I, look this up. 
Yeah, I'll look he, it he up. Was, he made it into the early aughts, certainly. Um, I don't know how mid, how into the mid aughts he got, but he couldn't have pitched there before 2004, obviously. Uh, and they were still rotating interleague play at that point, so that might have been. Mm-hmm. There's a chance. There's like a pretty good chance he did, and a pretty good chance he didn't. And then you're gonna say, yeah, he started like 80 times. <laughs> really, any outcome <laughs> well, I'm, here I'm... is any outcome at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up the ballparks right now on on Baseball Reference to to see where he pitched in in, in Philadelphia, and it's just taking a long time to load because sometimes Baseball Baseball Reference takes a long time to load. So I'm just going to scroll oh, yeah, on that, down here. That's um, why I was talking just to just cover that silence. I, feel like I appreciate that. No, yeah, yeah. He he did start five games against the Phillies in his major league career. Went two and one with a four point three three ERA in twenty seven innings against the Phillies. Uh, in in uh, Philadelphia ballparks, let's see. He played. He did pitch in Citizens Bank Park twice. Pitched eight innings with a five point six three ERA. I don't know who he was pitching for or when uh, he was. He pitched in Citizens Bank Park, um, oh, and then at. Yeah, I guess that's probably what it was. Um, but I don't think I don't. He never pitched at Veterans Stadium, so it was only Citizens Bank Park was the only place he ever pitched, and he pitched in Philadelphia twice in his career. So eight innings total. Wow. Interesting. Wow. For some reason, yeah. I was really blown away when you said he never pitched at Veterans Stadium. But there, you know, there would have been no reason for that. I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of his career when the Phillies were at the vet, he was in the American League and there was no inter there was just a, a little bit of interleague play, like from what was it, ninety five they started that? Ninety five or ninety six? I forget oh. exactly what year it was. Yeah, late nineties. Anyway, but yeah. It well. doesn't really matter. Anyway, well that has nothing to do with what we were going to talk about today, but Roger Clemens was in Philadelphia to watch his son Cody do Cody do some good things. But uh the Phillies do take two out of three against the Dodgers after sweeping the Tigers last week. We were all asking ourselves, okay, yeah, you swept the Tigers, but is this a real winning streak? Like, are you really on a roll? Can you beat a good team when they come into Philadelphia? And the Los Angeles Dodgers are not what they have been in the past, but they are still a very good team. They are having a lot of trouble with their starting rotation. And the Phillies took advantage of that this weekend, which is what you need to do. They won both of the Dodgers bullpen games on Friday and on Sunday. I guess today was more of like an opener, but technically those are those are bullpen games as far as I'm concerned. And uh, then they got they got their doors blown off in the game on Saturday. But you can you can swallow a nine to nothing loss on Saturday if you win Friday on a walk off Kyle Schwarber home run with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, and then you dominate them on Sunday with really good all around play. Um, so just general vibes, Justin, coming off of this series. I don't know that you want to make a declaration about the Phillies based off of this Dodgers series, but at the end of the day, they took two out of three and didn't follow up a loss on Saturday with another long losing streak here today. Yeah, that was the most important part to me. I mean, the Phillies, I think you could say, have turned a corner, but they turn corners a lot, which is the problem. What's on the other side of the corner? Zigzagging <laughs> through the season back and forth, and they've zagged again. But what I'm glad about is that the, the game they lost wasn't the final game of the series because of what you said, John, because if it had been, we'd be sitting on the verge of a potential losing streak as they were heading out to what, again, you call it a house of horrors and uh, facing a really good Diamondbacks team. Uh, so with them winning today, it kind of broke that off before it could become a thing. Now, you know, it's a losing streak still possible. 
Who's to yeah. say? Who's to, who's to say? But obviously anything can happen, but it pre- previous patterns are any indication. They've broken one here by losing only one game in a row after a run of success. So I was encouraged mm. by that. And then just, yeah, in general, everything we've seen, uh, everything we saw from this series, um, you know, just to tap into our future topics on this episode. Trey Turner looks great. Uh, obviously, Bryce Harper looks great. Chris Nick, Nick, Nick Castellanos continues to look great. Um, Taiwan Walker looked great again. I mean, yeah, yeah there was there was uh, some really important developments in this series against a really good team. So it is kind of funny to think it really just comes down to like this game to determine if the Phillies are good again. That like if they had lost today, we would assume they would just get swept in Arizona. But since they won today, uh, you know, they 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 don't they aren't succumbing to the same old things. So I thought it was very encouraging and a lot a lot to celebrate, even though they got the life pounded out of them in the middle game of the series. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was a, it was a woofer of a game and we'll get into it a little bit more here, but just um, with this series, I mean, how are you feeling after taking two out of three from, from the Dodgers? I mean, this is not the Dodgers team that we're used to seeing, but still a pretty good team. I mean, yeah, they're, they're a, a good team. They're, they've certainly won more games than the Phillies. They're they have. not first in their own division anymore. I have the no, by, up by, in by front a significant of me. number of games. It's not like it's not just by like a half a game either. No, it's no, it's God. There are four games against the Diamondbacks. How did that happen? Coming up. Sorry, no, that's not what we're talking about. But I'm like hugely distracted by the fact that they're going to Arizona now. Yeah, it's not a good time for it. The Diamondbacks have won five in a row, and they're eight and two in their last ten. Um, and they have opened up a three and a half game lead on the Dodgers in the in the National League West. Um, I think for me the the story of the series was the starting pitching, right? Both the two good start the two good starts, and then the Aranola clunker in the middle. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the positive starts first here. Obviously, Ranger Suarez. It appears as though he's back to his form from the second half of last year. This is the kind of form that I expected from him when I predicted he'd be an all-star this year when he was in the playoffs last year and just looked so comfortable and 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 really was able to move in and out of the strike zone with ease. He he really befuddled the Dodgers on on Friday and it's a continuation his third really good start in a row. A huge development for this team as he's their only left-handed starter and he's a really really important guy to have pitch well for you. So I mean he really should have won that game on Friday. The bullpen gave away some runs late. Um, but of course, Kyle Kyle Schwarber's heroics in the bottom of the ninth uh, ended up uh, with the Phillies on the winning side of that. And then on Sunday, Taiwan Walker apparently all the guy needs to do is field grounders on his bullpen days because that was the that was the story last week. It's like all of a sudden I said I'd start fielding some grounders, you know, before the game, and now all of a sudden I can push off and I can throw two miles an hour faster. Like, he'll be doing what? that for the rest of his career. He'll be yeah. doing that for the rest like of the season it, at least. Never going to stop it. Like, he said, it kind of worked for me in 2021, and I, I thought I'd try. If it worked for you in 2021, dude, why, why did you stop, why? man? Um, I did think, and, and Liz, I want to get your thoughts on this. What did you think about Thompson taking Taiwan Walker out after five scoreless innings? He was at 83 pitches, and Thompson said, and, and Walker was like, hey, why are you taking me out? Like three times he said, he asked politely, but, you know, why am I coming out? Why are you taking me out? Thompson said he didn't want him to face Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, and Max Muncie a third time, left-handed hitters even with a three-run lead in the sixth inning. Now, relievers then came in after him, and they gave up single runs in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings, but it didn't really matter a whole lot because the Phillies' offense did something they haven't been doing all season long, and that's tacking on runs 
and not giving up, you know, and, and getting some shutdown innings, you know, in the in the in the early part of the game. So I think it was an interesting decision for Thompson. I can see both sides of it. I always err on the side of letting a starting pitcher go as deep as possible. But given Taiwan Walker's up and down nature and the fact that Freeman and Muncie were killing the ball this weekend, I can kind of get it. Yeah, I, I see that. Let me see. And like Max Muncie is the only guy who was hitless on the day. And he had and a walk. He was hitting screamers all yep. day long. All day. And so, like, I, I get that. I don't like it because it was, it just didn't, he had more to give. I think that, I think in, in the end it was a little conservative. Um, But they ended up winning the game. So we don't have to go down that road too far unless we really want to. You know, because if they had mm-hmm. lost, we'd be, at least I know I would be, fist pounding on my desk mm-hmm. and saying, why did he take him out? That was so conservative. Yeah. He was doing well. You know, there's, you know, we don't know what will happen until he actually does it. Why not, you know, give him a chance. But at this point I can say it was conservative and it was fine because, you know, they won, but he, you know, he does have a, Thompson does have a conservative streak to him mm-hmm. and he doesn't always. He can be a, a daring manager, a guy who takes chances on hitters, on pitchers when they, you know, say they're really feeling it. But that's not what happened today. I I, I don't want to complain too much because he does that when it's right. But I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, concerned what happens when it if it uh, starts to go wrong too often. Yeah, I mean, I think process is always preferable over results, right? You want the process to be right, and sometimes the results will be there, sometimes yeah. they won't. And I wonder if the process was was right here, even though the, you know, because if the Phillies offense hadn't tacked on, the, the bullpen really actually didn't shut anybody down. I hear you down. laughing, Justin. What are you laughing about over there? I'm laughing at the idea of, of, of people appreciating a good process when it works out. People don't <laughs> give, a, give a crap about the process. John, people care about what happened in the game. You know why you can't say you disagree with Rob Thompson right now? Because it, it works. Because he gave up a home run immediately, and now all you got is hindsight. All you got is hindsight to say that. And, you know, I, the good news is since Soto gave up that home run immediately, we can all say he was wrong and look even more correct. But honestly, I I typically don't have an opinion about when a guy comes out of a game because I don't think there's too many ludicrous decisions there anymore, which has been nice. It's got to be pretty puzzling for me to throw up my hands. And it happens, but not as much since Kapler and Girardi left town. But mm-hmm. this one was a was a puzzler to me. He's not wrong saying the third time through the order against guys like Freddie Freeman, who don't, you know, need anything more than a bat and playable weather to wreck the Phillies. They, they, you know, they do seem more forbo- foreboding once they've had a couple of looks at you. But whose numbers don't get worse the third time facing a batting order in the same Sure, mm-hmm. I have to wonder. My feeling was that that was very common. And Walker had looked unstoppable in his last start and again in this start. And, you know, again, because Soto gave up that home run, it looked even worse for Topper. Um, even though there's no telling, Walker doesn't give one up, too, in that case. Right, but right. I would, I would say even if Soto hadn't given up that bomb, I would have thought it was premature. I got to disagree with Thompson on that one. I, I would have been chewing my sunflowers a little faster while Freeman was batting, but I, I wouldn't have gone to the pen so soon. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the results definitely, uh, they don't just outweigh the process is what I was laughing at. They they erase the process. No one, no one remembers that. <laughs> yeah. People only no, care about the process when you lose and you have to yeah. examine it closely because it's the only thing you have other than saying human beings are not always going to do what they want to do, what they tell their bodies to do. And that's the nature yeah. of baseball. If, 
If that home run had been the beginning of a huge Dodgers comeback that cost the Phillies the game, Rob Thompson comes into that press conference and says, okay, here's what I was thinking when I did that. Yeah. And yeah. the logic yeah. is totally sound and airtight, and everybody is totally fine and calm and having a There'd good day. There'd never be yeah. another second thought about it, no, for sure. Well, and it's funny, like because there's a lot of different things here, too. The Phillies are pitching a bullpen game on Monday, and you ended up using the bullpen when maybe you didn't really need to use yeah. the bullpen a whole lot. But Ranger Suarez and Aranola, even though Aranola didn't pitch very well, Aranola really, his <laughs> his big struggles were late in the game. He actually gave them innings uh, in, in the start on Saturday. So the bullpen didn't get taxed overly overly hard in the series here against the Dodgers. And Topper says everybody's available on Monday. So apparently nobody is 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 unusable based off of what he what he did today. But I'll also say this. I think it's interesting that I think, you know, you talked about it being a conservative move, and I think you're right. He was being conservative and not wanting to push Taiwan Walker, but I think it was aggressive in that he really wanted to win this final game. You know, he was he was pushing for this series win. I think he understood that this was an important series to win, that he didn't want them to go off on another losing streak. It really does kind of remind me of some of the decisions he made in games one and game six of the World Series last year when it worked out great in game one and worked out horribly in game six. And again, that was all results over process, right? He made the same decision both times, and we think differently about each decision because they both turned out differently. In this case, the Phillies offense really rendered the decision pretty moot by continuing to add on in this game, but uh, it is an interesting window into Thompson's mind, and, and I think in one respect he was conservative, and in another aspect he was aggressive in wanting to make sure that he tried to lock those guys down and lock those final four innings down to get out of Philadelphia and get to Arizona with a series win in his pocket. I mean, the thing for me is that I trust Taiwan Walker more than Greg Soto in that moment. I'm not saying I have a horrible distrust of Gregory Soto, but like mm-hmm. I, I still would have had trust in Walker to, to get yeah. that. Job. I, I and I think thought, that's fair. Oh yeah, this is yeah. gonna, you know, make sure this is a win more so than than Walker yep. being in there. But again, it doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't matter. It was just an interesting thing to discuss because you know these are baseball things we talk about, and we're nerds. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened uh, on Saturday in, in Fine. Specific, <laughs> specific, <not laughs> I love so how much... you thought that doing an entire episode on him was going to make some kind of difference in the universe. I, it's we're this just going to even... keep on talking about Aaron Nola until the heat death of the universe. Man, I did think that. I, thought I we don't could, know we why. Could so shovel it. We could just I'm... shovel it out of our heads and it would be over for I love how you included <laughs> me in that because you're just pulling me along for the ride. I'm like, I guess it, like out of the blue, you're like, let's spend 45 to 60 minutes talking about Aaron Nola. And I'm just like, why? We have a you're... whole season No, it was ahead a great episode. It was a great idea. It was a great idea. And I you think it was You are more really than effective. welcome to have Aaron Nola thoughts as well. I just had mine louder and more aggressive than you. <laughs> I had Aranola thoughts to give. I'm just saying, like, we talked a whole lot about him. And then there was, like, at that point, like, 120 games still to go. I'll I'll tell you what. I've got him on the show sheet here. Bullet point number two. All right, let's do it. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you what. I I really, I don't think it was, I I did that because I thought we would never have to talk about him again. The reason I really did that was because I wanted a standing definition of what Aranola was in my head. 
uh, the, the, like taking into account like, yeah, I know, oh, he's chaotic, he's good once and then he's bad and how do you define that? And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about why, like when he's good, why he's good and, and likewise for when he's bad to try and come up with a, just a brief comprehensive log line for who Aaron Nola, the pitcher, is. And I think we successfully did that because it's fueling my response to, to his performance on Saturday, honestly, because on the, on the one hand, and I know, you know, again, we're going to talk about all this, but it's like, he's got to get comfortable with the pitch clock. We're going to get to that. I know. Yeah. But it seems like, you know, everyone else has gotten comfortable with it. Again, we're going to get to it. Moving on. Uh, on the <laughs> other hand, in Nola's defense, I will say Bill Miller had a terrible series behind home plate. The only mm-hmm. thing we knew about his strike zone was that it was huge and it blinked on and off. In a way that only he could see, like he just had his finger flipping the switch back and forth, whether the strike zone counted or not. Uh, so that factored a lot. There were a bunch of challenges that were like chewing away the ump's patience. Dave Roberts umping again. I don't have any sympathy for umpires, but umping a game with Dave Roberts. I am always yeah. re-reminded what a huge, huge like bug in the ear that manager yeah. is. He is He's always awful. Always coming out of the dugout. Always, every two or three minutes, he's complaining. He's pointing. He's asking questions. He's changing pitchers. And then the Phillies wanted to challenge uh, that Freddie Freeman home run. And as Larry Anderson said on the radio broadcast, oh, don't bring Bill into it again. Because the, pro- <laughs> the problem is you can't win a game against somebody who's making up the rules as they go. And when you hear the phrase, it's up to the umpire's discretion in the rules, that means, is this a rule? Well, it depends on how emotionally needy the umpire is feeling that day. Since he's an old stubborn blowhard, again, by (laughs) default, he can't just go to therapy. He has to do the healthy thing and pick a fight with a guy at work. So instead of just walking out to the mound between innings and being like, hey, man, stop asking for balls. I know what you're doing. He's got to raise the curtain on a little show called Everyone Look at Bill Miller Right Now please right in the middle of the game no warning no whatever so i don't think it was wrong for the umpires to like make that call but like i was just def- in, in defending aaron nola i feel like you gotta say that but otherwise yeah i mean aaron i think he's just as we said in our aaron nola only episode aaron nola is one of the best pitchers in baseball you know he can be i mean you know he's just as the worst adjustment maker I think I have ever seen. You know why Aaron Nola can get blown up in the third inning one start and throw almost seven innings of no-hit ball in the next one? Because when he's dominating, he only gets more dominant. But he can't not dominate. Anything less than that, and he's probably going to fall apart. Every guy he gets out gets him more settled into his groove. But if one of them, just one, figures out what to do with the 92 mile an hour appetizer he flashes across the plate then i bet you the next guy will too because Aaron Nola doesn't pitch well when he's uncomfortable and he's very easily uncomfortable he never just misses on a pitch and gives up a double he unravels even if he looks unhittable for four or five innings just before he's like 2009 Cole Hamels but all the time you've seen him be one of the best pitchers in baseball but he's so quick to start pressing that he gets himself off track and he can't get back on Handling discomfort is such a huge part of baseball because everyone is trying to make everyone else uncomfortable. Like, that's the whole, like, being able to handle that internally is why, one of the reasons why Aranola is here. And Mm -hmm. it's really scary to think that the pitch clock, which has been around for a little while now, is still giving him issues. It's really... It's getting him... It's giving him a lot of issues. I mean, it's it's just it's really ridiculous, and I, I'm just I'm still blown away by it. Like the fact that it's that it is this this big a problem for him. 
I, 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 I think what the umpires did, I agree with you. I think he should have done it like in between innings and not made a spectacle out of everybody. Um, he did want to, Bill Miller did want to make it about himself. And I think that, I think you're right to call him on that at the same time. I, I have, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Aaron Ola at this point. Like, Get on the map, and and we saw the there and the the conspiracy theory article about the 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 pitch clock at Citizens Bank Park is faster than everywhere else, and that's that's entirely possible. You know, I think that it seems like that's bearing itself out with the number of violations uh, at Citizens Bank Park far and away more than any other ballpark in 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 baseball right now. So, the, the Aaron Ola, I think is dealing with a, a faster pitch clock in his in his home ballpark, but Ranger Suarez isn't having this issue. Taiwan Walker isn't having this issue. Zach Wheeler isn't having this issue. It may be behind some of the issues that we're seeing guys like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are having in addition to their ages dealing with this pitch clock and having to move a little bit faster cuz they like to control the game. And so Aaron Ola kind of just is I think a slower heartbeat kind of person anyway, but this is not you you can't this is the new normal. You've got to get used to this. And I I don't know that that is the cause of his problems this year, the cause of his inconsistencies, but what I do know is the man is giving up a 5.33 slugging percentage with runners on base this year. Um it's that number is I think it's yes. uh, like 32nd or 33rd out of like 175 pitchers or whatever. So he's he's given up a lot of hard contact with runners on base. Yeah, it's uh, let's see. He's tied for 42nd out of and this isn't even every qualified pitcher, uh, 353 pitchers on Fangraph's leaders board. So it's a lot. It's high. He's giving up a lot of damaging hits with runners on base. And it's just got to stop, man. And he doesn't... The problem, too, with Aaron Nola is... I think you were hitting on this a little bit, Justin. He... Their, hitters do not miss his mistake pitches. Like, he cannot get away with a single mistake pitch. Every pitch he leaves over the middle of the plate, boomtown. It's just crazy. And I don't know if some of that is just some bad luck that'll turn itself around, but we've seen Aranola. It's it's weird how it's like in starts. He'll blow through the first 12 guys in the lineup. And then he one guy will get on base, and then all of a sudden, double, single, homer, walk, double. You know, it's just like, where, where did this come from, man? So I guess, you know, the question about Aranola is, right now, is he this team's fourth best pitcher? Like we're gonna make some declarations here on the podcast tonight. That's kind of I had a whole 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 segment that I wanted to do around this, and the first one we can we can talk about is is Aaron Nola this team's fourth best pitcher? Like if you were to start him in a playoff series, what game would you start him if the playoffs started today, Liz? Is is he is he number four? Is he this team's four? Is he's pitching like it? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think it is. I think he if we're just going by what we've seen now, you, I wouldn't want Aaron Nola anywhere near the the start of my playoff series. If this is the picture that we're getting in October, then keep him away from the beginning for sure. Justin, what about you? They would absolutely start him one or two. Oh yeah, they yes, would. They absolutely I'm, would. They should. I would. Whether they should is not what I'm saying. No, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, that wasn't a response to anything you guys were saying. <laughs> I'm just saying they would. I was just as you were just saying, doing that, a reality check in for us. Yeah, I was considering that. I was like, would they? Do? No, they would no. never do that. No. no. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, right now, I mean, you know, vibes alone, you got to just be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want that guy starting a playoff series. I'm already going to be in a delicate mental space. The last thing you want to do is layer Aaron Nola on top of that. So yeah, I would. Uh, 
I would be hesitant. You know, when you when you asked where you would start him, I put three, and I'll be honest, Ranger Suarez is just still so new to the 2023 Phillies that I wasn't really factoring him in, but he has reestablished himself. He, it took Frankly. him a couple starts, but he has recalibrated, and he's looked great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, as far as, like, nerves and vibes go, I would put all three of the other, like, I, I would put Wheeler, Walker, and Suarez uh, ahead of Nola right now. Absolutely. Wow. And I would rather watch any of those other three guys pitch right now than Aranola. And that's mm-hmm. saying something. That that to me is like I just don't want to watch him pitch because it's Ajita. Like he, he like he almost threw a no hitter his last time out, and then he comes out here, and again he he starts off the game just mowing guys down, gets into a little bit of trouble, and just can't handle it. He just can't handle getting into trouble. He he can't wiggle out of trouble this year, and I just don't. I don't know if that's going to turn around. I don't know if he's going to get used to the pitch clock. And maybe I am putting too much on the pitch clock. Maybe it doesn't have as much to do with the pitch clock as I think it does. But there's a reason this guy's throwing 15 balls a game out in order to get himself more time. That's the thing. There's a reason. There's always a reason. Maybe the problem goes away before anybody, including the guy it's happening to, realizes what the reason is. But there's a reason. And from our perspective, the pitch clock seems to be factoring in a lot. So there's a reason you bring it up when you bring up Aaron Nola's struggles. Um, but yeah, that, that being said, he is, he's just not a pleasant pitcher to no. watch because no. you just feel like there's this ticking clock counting down. I swear, I, I, I swear, I really think this is the case. People are like, okay, I'm willing to say he's like a very good pitcher. Now that like you've shown me the stats, because what they're doing is averaging out the starts where he's been terrible and the starts where he's been dominant. But the truth is he's not very good. You can't, you can't mush them together like that. He's either dominant or average and sometimes he's dominant and something happens and he falls down to average and that's how he pitches the rest of the game but there's no very good for Aaron Nola there's just a huge drop off from dominant yeah Yeah. weird pitcher I I really struggle to think of another pitcher like him in the in in recent memory that I can think of that was kind of like this I think you mentioned 2009 Cole Hamels even in 2009 Cole Hamels didn't have a lot of didn't have many good stretches. Didn't have a lot no. of really good games. You and know, I used just... that because he was just a, a pitcher we knew was really good, but who always yeah. made you uncomfortable that season because you were just yep. waiting for him to to prove that again. And Aaron Nola has done that. In, you know, it's smaller doses, yeah. but like it's still it's the same general feeling. Right, but always knowing. Well, the good version's in there somewhere. Right, right, exactly. You know, like if 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 the Phillies had beaten the Yankees in game six and forced to game seven and Cole Hamels was going to start that, we would have all talked ourselves into, all right, it's been a really bad year for Cole Hamels, but you know what? He was money in the World Series and in the playoffs last year. He's going to find it for game seven, right? The He's narrative. Gonna, the narrative yeah. would write itself. That's right. That's right. And I think we still think that, well, I don't know that most of the fan base, I think most of the fan base has given up on him. Would you guys say that that's true? Do you guys think that most of the fan base has given up on Aaron Nola and really don't even want him on the team anymore? Like it, I, we, we're too on Twitter, the three of us, so <laughs> we see a lot of that on Twitter. But Liz, I don't know. What do you think? What What do you think about uh, like is, is the fan base just gotten tired of Nola to the point where they don't want him back? I I think they have. Like looking at his starts this year, they it it's all. When it goes bad, it goes bad after it has, for the most part, been going fine mm-hmm. or even really, really well. And so when it goes bad, it's it's like it's a punch in the gut when it happens. And the reason why it's so unpleasurable watching him is because you're just waiting for the moment where you're going to get kicked in the stomach. Yeah. 
you know, when everything falls off the cliff and it's a bad Aranola start after, you know, however many innings of being, you know, just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I no one wants to watch that. No one wants to experience that. And it, it's now it's just happening all the time as opposed to like longer stretches. <laughs> now it's just a constant roller coaster. So uh, no one wants yeah. to watch that. I don't think the fans want to watch it. No one talks about Aaron Nola as much as we do. I think the fans have long since given up. He's not Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins think- inspires people to talk about him. This is the thing like, oh, God, do we have to talk about Aaron Nola again? I think there's a numbness to, to Aaron Nola mm-hmm. at this point. I think everyone's pretty much settled into their opinions. And whether you love him or hate him, neither side has seen enough proof that they're wrong given the kind of pitcher he is. So everybody's just kind of locked in. I do think you see, uh, you hear a lot less from the Aaron Nola stands and, and cheerleaders and everything. I think they have quieted down a bit because they probably still think very highly of him, but they're, they're less aggressive in being like, look how good he is. It's like, yeah, I mean, we all know that nothing has really evolved on this front. And this year was really disappointing. I think everyone was expecting better. Everyone was expecting mm-hmm. the guy who pitched last year to come back. And it's just, you know, the kind of pitcher he's always been. And uh, I think, yeah, I think at this point, everyone is just kind of used to it. And I think that numbness would extend to him potentially leaving the team. You know, see, Again, barring a turnaround of some kind. I mean, I, I agree that Aaron Nola has always had this degree of variance, but he hasn't been in previous seasons like he's been this year. Like that's the true. Of, Remember that, that he's like had never had worse had a never had a worse ERA through his first like twelve starts yeah. or whatever. That's true. Th- this that's true. this is his easily his worst season. Like he he generally speaking has those flare ups, but in most seasons the good far outweighs the the bad. Right, the 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 good stretches far outweigh the the bad stretches. Like he'll have he'll have like seven eight starts of dominance, and then have like two or three. Uh, where he really scuffles, maybe four, and then he'll come back and he'll he'll go on another long string of of really good performances, and it, it happens that in a lot of those years it was September at end of the year when he had when he would go into some of those funks. But this year he just can't he can't put two good starts in a row together. He just he can't string them together, and that's what's been most troubling is that they they set this team up with two ace starters at the top of the rotation with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, and if Aaron Nola doesn't figure it out and can't find can't figure out how to be that guy that's going to be big trouble for this team this summer no matter how good the offense is playing no matter how good the bullpen is i mean maybe you can cobble it together maybe ranger suarez improves enough that he can be like he can kind of take that mantle but i'm not betting on that um they really need Aaron Nola to kind of figure this out and it's just kind of where we wait start by start we've talked about him enough we, we can kind of that's the thing. I think everybody <laughs> kind of feels like they like churning out your Aaron Nola content probably isn't even super engaging to people at this point because yeah. they're sick of talking. He's been a talking yeah. point all year long. There's been, yeah. been very little change. Yep. Let's move on to somebody else. Let's talk about Please. Trey. Yeah, Trey Turner is is he back? Can we officially say Trey Turner is is back? He looks back. He looks like he's hit everything he's hitting now is a is a line drive somewhere. Every ball he hits is hit hard someplace. He had the the two homer night, the four hit night the other night. Uh, great game on Sunday. He's just uh, getting getting on base, knocking in big runs when he gets the opportunity to do it. Playing better at shortstop. Th- this this Justin, this is the guy we thought we were getting this this off season, and it's it's I guess. We asked the question, should we have been more patient? I mean, is it, uh, I think the answer is obviously yes. But no. It's, it's hard to be patient. 
I was very patient. I don't remember trashing <laughs> Trey Turner at all. I mean, I, I mean that sincerely. Like I remember being frustrated with him, but I feel like I was. We were pretty much leading the. It's Trey Turner. He's going to be okay. Charge. Yeah. Uh, it's just I, I, frustrating. No, with, there were people who were ready to tear up his contract, and these people are not serious people because that's not like a serious idea. So yeah, Trey, Trey Turner is back. I'm willing to say that. I don't feel like you're you're. You're um, tightrope walking or saying anything precarious when you say Trey Turner is back. I think that's become very clear. Uh, if only because people have moved on to hating Brandon Marsh now because he <laughs> hasn't been good lately. Uh, what's funny is that Brandon Marsh is such a fan favorite that uh, Matt Albertson has logged sightings of three different fan groups of, for Brandon oh Marsh. Bank Park. But yeah, <laughs> Turner is locked in. It's starting to feel like having a second Bryce in the lineup dependability wise. Like if there's a guy on third and less than two outs. He's probably bringing it in. There's like a, it feels like there's a better chance he's bringing that run in than not. Like he's getting the hit you need. He does more table setting than than eating like Bryce does. But Trey Turner is playing lights out at the plate and even even in the field he's looked better. He's made some real sizzle, real plays the past few days too. So yeah, yeah. I'm more than comfortable saying Trey Turner is back and it is very very nice. Are you on the Trey train, Liz? How how could I not be? Who could not be on the Trey Turner train? Which is hard to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, seeing him break out, like, especially against the Tigers, which is exactly the type of team, like, you, you know, those good players need to play in order to get their groove back. It's exactly what happened, because he looked, he looked really great against the Dodgers, and I'm pleased, pleased that, um, we don't have to continue to rationalize anymore. Like, no, it's just going to be fine. Everyone just... Just hold on. It'll be fine. We don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> it feels nice. <laughs> it does feel nice, and and this is why we got him. And, and I think part of it was he did so great in the World Baseball Classic. We just figured he'd roll right into the regular season red hot. You know, I'm talking 30-50 club and 30 <laughs> home runs. He's going to steal all these bases. You know, he's as optimistic, MVP guy. And it just went it went south so fast, so quick, and for so long. It was it was such shock to the system, I think, for watching Trey Turner. And he was shocked. He didn't know. He'd never slumped like that before. This is the biggest slump of his career to start the season. So, um, you know, it's right. it, we're, we're not the only ones, you know. <laughs> every yeah. every new player has to, it's hazing. The city itself. It's the initiation process. The, it the, is, yeah. The city itself, the spirit, hazes every new player that comes yeah. in. And some are found wanting, like Nick Castellanos, yep. it took him a few a whole year. And now, look, mm -hmm. Trey Turner has managed to make it through in much less time. Well, that takes us to our next declaration. Nick Castellanos, team MVP so far. I want to get your thoughts on that. Corey Seidman uh, tweeted out this. His home run on Sunday was his 30th extra base hit of the season. He had 40 all of last year. The only two players in Major League Baseball this season with as many extra base hits and as high a batting average as Castellanos, who's now hitting 312 on the season, are Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman. And I think the if you look at the, at the ball he hit out today... It was a low and outside pitch that he golfed over dead center field. Like last year, how many times did we see him make contact on a ball in that exact spot in the in the strike zone and like hit a hit like loft a, a blooping lazy fly ball someplace? Are you kidding me? How many times did we see him swing at that pitch and not hit it? Oh. Not hit it at all. So many. 
But like he didn't even look like he got it all. Like when he hit that ball, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't, th- I did not think he was, he hit that ball out of the ballpark. But that just tells me there was something physically wrong with him. I know that they're denying it till, you know, seven ways from Sunday. But I'm telling you, I, he, he swung at that pitch a lot last year. And when he did make contact with it, it didn't go anywhere. It certainly didn't go 415 feet out to dead center field for, for a home run. So I don't know. I'm watching Nick Castellanos play and I'm saying to myself, uh, that's our best player right now. That's our team MVP right now. He's hitting 441 in June. Like, granted, it's nine <laughs> games, but like you see those numbers for like an actual string of like that's nine games. Castellano 38, Fest. 38 place, plate appearances. And he's hitting 441 on base, 474. Slugging is 706. Like, he's, this is very good. <laughs> I'm very happy. Those are numbers he's, I like. Yeah. Yes, we all like them. But is he the MVP, Justin? Do you think he has been this team's MVP so far this season? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. he's he's played the role you guys have described. He uh, he was getting in pitchers' heads. Uh, he was getting in Astros fans' heads. He made that insane catch and then pretended he didn't catch it. I mean, he's not only like performing very well, he's also just clearly in a better, more comfortable space. I mean, like you said you know a guy's made an adjustment when he, he swung at that pitch today and knocked it out of the park, and you're like, oh, that's why he's always swinging at those. Because he knows <laughs> he can, do, he can that. do that. But he just, yeah, that's like, uh, I forget what, what it's from, but the, the, just the general idea of seeing something function the way it was supposed to, finally just being like, huh, I didn't know he knew how to do that. <laughs> All right, I know, right? This yeah. is great. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think you can point to anybody who's been as consistently productive uh, at such a high level as Nick Castellanos this year. I mean, this is yeah. one of the uh, among the list of things we said had to go on this year. This is one of them. And it's one of the more important ones. We certainly haven't hit on all of those things, but this mm-hmm. was a big one. And I think it answers your question. And honestly, as far as like what was going on last year, I can't say like I care too much anymore, but mm. like. If he was injured, you're just like, okay, so why why is this being so hush-hush? But honestly, he's also the kind of guy who I could see being like, my hand hurts. Do not tell anyone. Because yeah, I'm me just too. Very, I'm just me very too. private like, about yeah. this stuff. I don't need people knowing that. So I could see that, and I, I'm ready to conclude that, and who cares? Now he's hitting 441 in June. Yeah, he, he's been he's been amazing. This is the guy we signed, and, and it's really been incredible. And Kyle Schwarber, he hasn't been as red hot this June as he has been in other Junes, but he certainly has been productive. And obviously the walk-off home run on Friday was a, was a big hit. Bryson Stott with some big hits, really having some good at-bats. You know, he's not going to be, I don't, I think we're seeing from Bryson Stott, he's going to be kind of a high batting average guy. You'd like to see that on-base percentage go up a little bit, given how how good his at bats are. Um, the slugging percentage, he's just not going to be a guy who hits for a lot of power. But uh, you, if you've got a guy who can spray the ball over the field, that's a, that's a valuable guy. And um, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, still kind of struggling. Bohm just back off the injured list, looked rusty out there on Sunday. So he's going to get his swing back together. And hopefully some more of the daycare can uh, can can pick up the pace. But really, it's been the, the star players. Um, really, this is what we've been saying all year. The star players need to play like stars. They did in this series against the Dodgers and against the Tigers as well. So... Uh, before we get to um, what's coming up this week with the with the Phillies in Arizona, it's All Star voting season. I mean, people are voting for for All Stars, and I wonder how many All Stars you guys think this team has. It's obviously been a struggle, a lot of up and down seasons for some of these guys. I don't think the Phillies have a lot of All Stars. Um, as you think about uh, as you think about the, the the players on the roster, Liz, who strikes at who 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 jumps out at you as a, as an All Star? Somebody who should be playing in the Midsummer Classic should be playing in the Midsummer Classic. 
I mean, I think Castellanos is an obvious choice. Yep, I agree. For sure. Um, and that's where it probably ends with me and mm-hmm. the hitters for the most part. I think Harper will probably get a lot of votes because he's Bryce Harper and that's usually what happens. But yeah, and I think if we're looking over uh, the pitching side, which you don't vote for, um, I was, you know, I think... Uh, Alvarado has a shot, but he's been he's been on the aisle for so long. So yeah, I think it's really it's just Castellanos, really. Yeah, Justin. Anybody else you'd add to the mix? Because I think we'd all agree that Castellanos probably is deserving of a nod. So Kimbrel's going. Is that he's right? going to go? Yeah, a special okay. invitation. Yeah. So does that mean he's just going to be like a special guest of the commissioner, or is he playing? Does that mean? Does he's that, yeah. What does game? that mean? Well, it's like last year. I think Pujols uh, played in the All Star game, didn't he? He was it was, he was under the same it was under the same the the same guys okay. of like so a, he, a, a, so he'll play. So, so they may not get anybody else. Oh, they might just God. possible. <laughs> okay. Now listen, hey, so that was just some clarity. Like, being the right. only guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not listen. I'm not like <laughs> complaining yet, but I I I just kind of occurred to me that if that was the case, then then hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think um, outside of Castellanos, you just got to do some digging. I, I agree that uh, Liz's instincts are, are probably right on Harper, I think, by name recognition. And, you know, he's more than proven he'd be welcome at probably just about any All-Star game uh, of any of his of, of his career, of any season. Um, Alvarado would have been a great pick had he not missed some time through injury. And But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll say this. If Trey Turner plays at the level Trey Turner can play at for the rest of the weeks before the All-Star game, he's still got enough time to be like the darling, the media darling, the comeback story. Uh, and if he puts up some really impressive numbers, he too has the name recognition of, of Bryce Harper. So he could have a chance there as well uh, as mm-hmm. people stop looking at his name and thinking it's synonymous with uh, bust or you know, yeah. 11-year deal down the drain. So I, I think he does have a shot but yeah other than that nobody like that when we say castianos has been the mvp it's because he's been one of the only guys who's been consistently really good for this team yeah. they care carried them at first but yeah like you said those guys have all kind of uh come, come back to earth and gotten hurt and none of the other big name free agents have have been here all year or been productive all year so yeah it'll it'll be a small crew but i did forget as people were you know debating whether or not rob thompson's job was going to be safe um even if he had been fired, which he never would have been, and I'm not advocating for that, if he would have been, he still would have managed. He still would have managed, game, yeah. Which I forgot yeah. that he was going to manage the All-Star Yeah, yeah. me too, so. until you said that. So more more Phillies will make their way onto this roster. We could be yeah, sure. No. Whether that means anything to anyone is a different story, but, I mean, that's what Dave Roberts has done or whatever. Like, they always, it's always, you know, like the eight relievers that want to, you know, a free vacation to whoever it is they're going. Right, right. They have to add players because players opt out, or there's certain starters can't can't pitch in the All Star game because they pitch like the Saturday or Sunday beforehand. They yeah. have a role. You have to get somebody to replace them. So you can imagine Zach Wheeler will probably get a call and say, "Hey, you're going to pitch in the All Star game, even if the ERA yeah. is in the mid threes or something like that." I think we we'll get one bonus Philly. Yeah. Like, well, there'll, there'll be a legit Philly who's in there, but then we'll get one bonus Philly from Rob Thompson being the manager. Yeah, well. I think it's Castellanos. I think Zach Wheeler will probably find his way onto the team somehow, and I think there'll be one other player. 
whether, I mean, not including Kimball. Kimball's going to go. I, I think it'll probably be, it could be Alvarado. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with, I agree with you. I mean, there's still time for a guy like Real Muto to get hot at the catcher position where there's not a lot of star options. You know, if he gets, if he gets really hot for a month, he could find his way onto the team as a reserve or whatever. So I don't know, but it, right now I think the only really truly deserving player is, is Nick Castellanos and Alvarado, if Alvarado hadn't gotten hurt. Um, but those, those two are really the only truly deserving all-stars. Brandon Marsh was on that track, but he, his, his struggles over the last month or so, I think have dropped his numbers down to a point where you really can't consider him as an all-star, but it's, you know, another couple hot weeks and all of a sudden those numbers will look good again. And you could include him in the mix too. Um, all right. So the Phillies are going to head to Arizona for a four game series. It's actually the start of a seven game road trip four in Arizona and then three against the awful Oakland days. This seven game road trip, by the way, will be their longest of the season for the rest of the year. Hey, so those no Oakland A's just swept the Milwaukee Brewers ah. in Milwaukee mm. for the record. And they won two out of three against the Braves, didn't they? A few, so like you a know, week and a half ago. You know they're heating up as yeah. soon as the Phillies are about yep. to come to town. No, that's great. They're, they're heating up to a low boil. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> a, sing, a single bubble has been emitted from the bottom <laughs> of the pan. Well, before we can, before we can get... To the juggernaut that is the Oakland A's, they got to take on four four games against the Diamondbacks, a place they have they have lost twelve out of their last fifteen games in Arizona. Uh, not only that, Arizona's ah. just Arizona is fifteen games over five hundred right now. They've won five in a row. They've won eleven out of fifteen, and the Phillies are thirteen and twenty two on the road. That is the second worst record in the league really on the road. Yeah, I think that's a really good record. Yeah. So now wow. the good news is that they've played an inordinate amount of road games this year. They played, they, until this last series had played more road games, bigger differential of road to home games than any other team in baseball. So their, their schedule gets more home friendly after this, but this is going to be a difficult stretch this week. So looking at these seven games, four in Arizona, three in Oakland, Liz, how many do they win? How many should they win? How many do you think they'll win out of these seven games? Four in Arizona, three in Oakland. Um, I, how many should they win? They how many should, should they win? They should win five. Two in Arizona, three in Oakland. Yeah, that's what they yeah. should do. Because I, I, looking at how the Diamondbacks are right now, I have I, I th if they could get out of there with a split series in four games, I think that would be a blessing. Because it's, it's I hear, not yeah, only and been a house of horrors; they're actually good now. They weren't. They are good. Yeah, they weren't before. <laughs> now, for some reason, they're good, and the Phillies have to play them this way. No. Yep. Yep. So, say so should win five games. How many do you think they will win? <laughs> uh, I my my heart says four. My brain says three. Uh, so I'll go with four. Mm. Okay, four. Four it is. Justin, what about you? You can't. You can't be down on this team now. Like no. you gotta just think about what's the logical number that I could that like a, in a real Four. like, and then you think, okay, what's my positive spin on that? Because if they had lost today, I would not be thinking that. But because you know they they seem like you know, they've turned a corner again, you know you you gotta you gotta consider that. And um, I'll tell you what, a couple of years ago, uh, I was sitting in my living room late at night and I heard these horrible cat sounds outside of my house. And I was like, okay. "Wow, those stray cats are really mad at each other." <laughs> and then, uh, as I was, I was, you know, shutting the house down for the night, I realized my cat wasn't in the house. He is <laughs> oh, not no. an outdoor cat. This is an indoor cat. <laughs> 
he thrives as an indoor cat. He knows exactly. He, he has a routine. He knows where all his stuff is. He's even a pretty good mouser. He's, he's, he lives uh, when we lived in an apartment and that was an issue. He, uh, he dealt with that problem. So he thrives at home. Uh, and the second he left this house, <laughs> all those stray cats were waiting outside like, hey, <laughs> indoor guys, outdoors. Welcome to the jungle, friend. Literally and that's essentially, Oliver and company. That's essentially the Phillies. Uh, as soon as they step out of their house, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on over. And, uh, the and Phillies then, rear, rear. And yeah, and just hear yeah. the sound of, of claws yes. and fur flying and high-pitched oh. screeching. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's it's exactly like that. And Oakland is the kind of crap team that uh, you, can, you should be able to sweep. They're exactly also the kind of team <laughs> the Phillies would lose a series to. oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. especially now that they're apparently yeah they're they're a lukewarm uh team instead of just you know cold and dead so i, I just don't look past them i guess is my point yeah don't don't win like three in arizona and then blow it in oakland because you got too excited so i'm just gonna <laughs> land on i'm gonna land on on, on four four yeah. out of six as yeah. well i think that's the positive spin on reality Yep, and I agree with that. I think they'll split in Arizona. I think they'll win two out of three against the A's. I think that whatever game they lose in Oakland, it's going to be really frustrating. Like they should, they should sweep that team, just like they swept the Tigers at home. But for whatever reason, they go into California, they go on the road. They are they've had a brutal time on the West Coast this year, and even a team as bad as Oakland, you saw the Atlanta Braves had trouble with the going out to Oakland and, and taking on an A's team. So uh, I agree with you guys. I think I think it'll be four and three. Um, I'd love to see five and two. Obviously, they should sweep the A's, and I think they should get a split in Arizona. But again, the Arizona Diamondbacks really really good, and that's a tough place to play for the Phillies over these last few years against bad Arizona teams. Uh, so I think a split would be uh, a positive outcome for sure. All right, finishing up this episode of the podcast, let's get some final thoughts. Justin, any final thoughts, buddy? Yeah, I have two final thoughts. Uh, Final thought number one is we did eventually get the cat back in the house. That's uh, good news. Just to close the loop on that. That's good news. I was worried about that. Since he's a common tabby, my wife looked at him and was like, well, how do we know that's him? So for the rest of his life, we'll be wondering (laughs) if that's actually the cat that got out in the first place. Sure. uh, My second final thought is uh, for those of you who are fans of the Dirty Inning over at the Hidden Season Patreon at patreon.com slash hidden season, we will be delaying the next episode. Uh, Dr. Trevor Strunk, my co-host, is traveling this week, and so we will will be pushing back an episode. It might be a little later than it typically is uh, if you follow that sort of thing. So, yeah, if if you're waiting to hear your next... Uh, wonderful spine tingling tale of obscure Phillies innings uh, from the, from deep in history. Uh, Yeah. That's it's, it'll probably be another week. So just a a little patience, but we'll have more, more stuff up there soon. The good news is all of the dirty innings are evergreen. So just go back and listen to some classics folks. I mean, just do it. Go to (laughs) patreon.com slash hit and season and just dive on in, man. Just, just bathe yourself in the classics. That's what's why they're there. We should just start a, a separate channel called the Dirty Inning Classic. That's right. And, and just yeah, right. air. And air. so, <laughs> and so a lot of those are on the Patreon. But we, when we were putting the Dirty Inning on the main feed, uh, you can still like you can go through old episodes of the Hit and Season podcast on Apple Podcasts, and you'll find older episodes of the Dirty Inning there as well for for the time being. That might not be the case for a whole lot longer. So um, for for now, you can still do that. But again, that. That option may go away at some point, but I know we have all these we have all these shows um, saved in different places, so yeah, they're never you, truly have, gone. 
if you have access to my personal hard drive, then yeah, mm-hmm. they're on there as, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, oh, you're going to get creepy. that out, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Justin's doing, IP guys? is... Yeah. Well, the password is my social security number. Should I just read that? Please, please do that. It'll okay, be good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Liz, final thoughts? Um, I just finished two weeks of French Open coverage at Yahoo. Uh, so head on oui, over oui. to sports.yahoo.com slash tennis i believe is where you could find that um i wrote the mostly a uh, part of the finals for men's and women's and pretty much everything else for the previous two weeks so please check that out and make me feel like everything that i wrote is worth it <laughs> the numbers for all this stuff isn't high give me a few more clicks thank you <laughs> yeah come on the tennis blogging is a, is, is something that we need to see more tennis of in this is country. great I, tennis is a great sport people don't understand how great tennis is and if you'd like to hear me talk about why i will not make you listen now <laughs> well we're starting a new podcast called tennis time with liz please uh, so i will be coming... i would talk endlessly about on that really just <laughs> i would well listen we talked phillies and we had something fun to talk about here tonight i hope by the next time we speak in the middle of the week uh we'll be uh we'll still be in good spirits as the phillies take on this diamondbacks team and head out west for the last time this year but as for episode 678 that will do it for this episode of the podcast want to remind you everybody make sure to check out like we were just talking about our hit and season patreon that is where you can find the latest dirty innings as well as absolutely hammered it's at patreon.com slash hit and season and of course all of the hit seasons can be found at billypen.com we have our own landing page there billypen.com slash hit season you can read our articles and find all of the episodes there as well thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you next time here on hit season 